I also want to say thanks for those of you who have given in recent weeks to help us with Convoy of Hope Partnership in helping with disasters around the world. They are our partner that's reaching out more recently to Hawaii and that situation. And uh, wherever uh, duty calls, they show up and make a difference. And we have been giving uh, toward them, and many of you have given very generously over the last few weeks, so I just want to thank you for those who have already given, and uh, thank you for helping us to make a difference around the world. Today, we are launching a new series, and I'm excited about this. Matter of fact, I've been looking forward to this series since Easter, because on Easter, we uh, had everybody here. Does everybody remember that? Uh, like 1,200 or so people were here on Easter. And so what we said is, hey, uh, while everybody's here, we're going to take a vote. And uh, we've got all these topics that we could preach about uh, in the months to come. And which ones would you want us to speak about? And so we received stacks and stacks of cards. It was amazing, the response. And so we tabulated the results. And over the next four weeks, I'm going to speak on the top four things that were voted upon or mentioned that you would like to hear about, you would like to hear a message, you would like to hear a talk on those things as it relates to what does God have to say about that. And so today is the number one topic, okay? This is the one that more people picked than anything else, and it was personal finances, stressed out over personal finances. And I think they'll put this up on the screen. Uh, here's how I would spell stress, right, is, is that uh, marriages struggle. Uh, there's all kinds of emotion in that. There's a lot of struggle that comes into our culture, especially in regard to finances. And I think you would agree, we need help. We need help. And evidently, you're saying that because that was your number one uh, response to that series suggestion. And here's the good thing, is Jesus talked more about money than he did about hell. Jesus talked more about money than he did about heaven. And, and so it was one of the most talked about things that Jesus mentioned on and on in his teaching. And not just Jesus, but throughout the scripture as well. And so we're going we're gonna to take a look at many of those scriptures today as we do an overview uh, to this topic and help us. Because here's the bottom line. Jesus did not come into this world to make you rich financially. Jesus came into this world to free you of your sin and give you the ability to live in heaven forever in a place you didn't deserve because he took your sins upon himself. Can I hear a good amen today? Right? That, that's what... That's what Jesus came to do. He came that you might have life 
and life to the full is how we talk about it around here from John 10.10. 10. How many know it's hard to have life to the full when you're stressed out about your money? You know, when you, when you feel financial pressure. And, and I don't think anything can cause any more stress than finances. More arguments, perhaps, in marriages than finances. And, uh, you know, this affects us whether we're young or older. Uh, a lot of young people would say, you know, I just don't know if I'm ever going to be able to afford a house, if I'm ever going to be able to buy a house. And older people are saying, I don't know if I'm going to be able to stay in my house. You know, I just don't know if I'm going to be able to afford the taxes and, and all the expenses that it takes to run a household. And, and so it's good that the Bible talks so much about this topic. And, and what it does is it lays out principles that if we'll apply them to our life, they'll help us. They'll help us to alleviate stress. As a matter of fact, the Bible has a lot to say, and we'll talk about some of these other topics in the next couple of weeks, about marriage and about parenting and, and about mental health and, and things of that nature. And, and so it comes along and also talks about, in principles, money principles, that, that if you'll put these in your life, it'll alleviate a lot of the stress that otherwise you could have. But here, here's the problem with a lot of us in finances. Some people have the wrong motive when it comes to finances. They just want more. Just always wanting more. And the goal of life is not to pursue money. The goal of life is to pursue God, right? To pursue him. Here's how Dietrich Bonhoeffer, a great theologian, this is what he said. Our hearts have room only for one all-embracing devotion, and we can only cleave to one Lord. You know what? Jesus said that. He said, you only serve one master. You can only have one Lord in your life. And Dietrich Bonhoeffer comes along and agrees with that and says, that's right. You know, we, we, we can't serve two people. And, and so our pursuit needs to be of God. And as we do, here's what happens. It breaks the baggage of sin in our life. And it breaks the baggage of financial pressure that we can break free from the struggles that the world has. Martin Luther is another quote I want to read from this great church reformer. Here's, here's what he said. There are three conversions necessary. The conversion of the heart, the conversion of the mind, and the conversion of the purse. How many know that one? That third one can be a struggle sometimes. And, and so Martin Luther says we, we need all three, and we need to look at what does God say about our money? How, how does he talk about it? And here, here's the bottom line that I, I feel the Scriptures teach is that God wants you, he wants us to live blessed, not stressed. 
Okay, if we're stressed about money, we're not living according to the principles of God's word. So here's what I want to do this morning. I want to teach you three principles that I see throughout the scriptures. And again, we're going to look at several different scriptures about this. Three principles that I think if you'll apply, they'll alleviate a lot of the stress in your life when it comes to finances. Here's the first one. You might want to write this down. Is pick working over wishing. Pick working over wishing. That's a choice you can make. To pick working over wishing. Work, I just want to say to somebody, is not a result of the fall. Okay, the fall of man. When, when Adam ate the fruit off the tree, God didn't say, well, now you're going to have to work. <laughs> That's not what happened. If you'll read this creation story, you'll find that Adam was already working. He already had something to do. And some people, the picture they portray of heaven is, you know, we're just going to go up and sit on a cloud and play a harp for all of eternity. I don't know about you, but that sounds like hell to me. <laughs> I'm not interested in that. Strumming a harp on a cloud for all of eternity. As a matter of fact, here's what the scripture teaches, and you can look it up. Matthew chapter 25, you can read this story. Jesus is talking about eternity. He's talking about how it's going to play out in the afterworld. And he says, it's going to be kind of like a master who has all this money, and he divides it up among his servants. And he gives so much to this one, and he gives so much to this one, and so much to this one. And then he's gone for a long time. Now, we already know who he's talking about. He's talking about himself. He's gone for a long time, but then he's going to come back. And when he comes back, he's going to ask these people, what did you do with what I gave you? And when they report back, here's what he's going to say to those who multiplied what he gave to them. He's going to say, well done. Good job. Come on in. I want to put you, listen to this, over many things. In other words, what Jesus teaches is that some people in eternity will be managing things. They'll be put over things. And, and so there will be work. There'll be things going on in heaven, in the afterworld. So the principle is you were made to work. Turn to your neighbor and say, you were made to work. That's right. You were made to work. And I'll go further. Here, here's what I think the scripture teaches. You were made to work hard, to give it your best effort. Again, Jesus rewarded the person who did hard work. They, they multiplied what he gave to them, and he says, good job, well done. But the guy who didn't do anything, 
He said, get that guy away from me. Just cast him into outer darkness. He didn't get the reward because he didn't put forth the effort. So some of us maybe need to just pick it up. You know, there's a song that I think it goes something like this. When you wish upon a star. Anybody know that song? Um, And if I know my Disney characters correctly, I think it was a cricket who sang that song. Okay, here's my point. Don't get your advice from crickets or cartoons when it comes to finances. It's not wishing upon a star that will make something happen. In other words, you get what you work for, not what you wish for. And and maybe some of you, you wonder why you're not getting ahead in life. And maybe it's because you're not putting in the effort. Maybe it's because you're wishing instead of working. I know there have been times in our lives when Rochelle and I have worked two jobs at the same time. There have been times in our marriage where she worked three jobs, had three different things going on at a time. There there was a time in our lives where Rochelle commuted when we lived up by Chicago. She would commute into Chicago to make more money and then commute home. It was at least a 10-hour day uh, of being gone in the travel time and the work time. And then we were planting a church and had three services a week. And, And she would play the keyboard for many of those services. And so she was there at all of those on top of those long days. And and listen, here's here's what happened. We didn't know any better. We just thought that's what you do. You figure it out. You just work harder. You just work smarter. You just do things. We just did it. And I want some people here today to hear this. You need to learn how to go the second mile. You need to know how to go the extra effort. Listen, you be the one that shows up early to work. And you be one of the last people to leave. You be the person who can be counted on. Not the one who counts off. Well, five more minutes till quitting. Might as well just sit down. You know, or we're half an hour from being done. We might as well just relax. No. Instead, you're putting forth the effort. You're going the second mile. Listen, to get further in your career, do what other people aren't doing. Young people, listen to me. If you want to get elevated at work, just look around and see what other people aren't doing. You begin to do it, and you'll get the attention. I put it this way, don't mope with slackers, get going with the attackers. Attack the job. Get Sure, you pray, oh God, meet my needs, but you pray and work. You, you go ahead and do both hard. And listen, I would love it if here in the county, if here in 
West Side, wherever you work, I would love it if people would say, you know those crossroaders? You know, I think they call themselves CFAM. Those CFAM people, they are more honest at work than anybody else. You know, those CFAM people, they work harder than anybody else. Matter of fact, I wish they would call the church office and say, have you got any more CFAM that could come and work for me because I want to hire as many of your people as I possibly can? I would love, yeah, I would love for that to be the testimony of our church, that, that we just give the best effort, not just wishing hard, but we're working hard. 2 Thessalonians chapter 3, verse 10 says it like this. Paul says, for even when we were with you, we gave you this rule. Here's what the apostle Paul says. The one who is unwilling to work shall not eat. Now, I want you to notice it doesn't say unable to work because there are people who may be unable to work, but that's not what it says. It says for the people unwilling to work that they shouldn't eat. Now, here's what's been amazing to me. I've met people at work working who I'm thinking How does this person even show up? How do they even make it? Oh, my gosh. If they can work, pretty much anybody could work. Have you ever seen people like that? And you're like, they're amazing. That's that's awesome. But I understand there could be people and are people unable to work. But listen, it doesn't say that. It says you just don't want to work don't want to work. 1 Timothy chapter 5, verse 8 says it like this, anyone who does not provide for their relatives, especially for their own household, has denied the faith and is worse than an unbeliever. Paul says, hey, if you say, well, I, my family, I'm, I'm just not going to take care of them. I'm, I'm just not going to provide. I'm not going to do Here's what Paul says. He says, that's worse than an unbeliever. That's a poor testimony, in other words. So we need to make sure we're living a good testimony, right? All right, we need to make sure we're living a good testimony. So here's the application. I want to make this very practical today. Here's the application of this first point you can write down. Is be a second miler. I want everybody at Crossroads, all of our CFAM, to be a second mile. Where does that come from? From Jesus. Jesus said, if somebody asks you, hey, could you carry this a mile for me? He says, you ought to ask them, could I carry it too? Could I just go ahead and carry it two miles for you? In other words, if your boss says to you, and you're a busser, okay, Maybe this is your first job or whatever, and you're a busser at work, and your boss says to you, hey, could you go over and clean that table? You say, well, could I also go over and clean that other one too? 
or you don't even ask. You just go ahead and clean every table you can find that's dirty, and you look at people maybe, and you say, well, I'm going to pick up what's trashed on the floor. I'm going to go ahead and clean the entryway. I'm going to go ahead and see if the bathrooms need some attention. I'm going to go ahead and see. I'm just telling you, if you want to get promoted, go the second mile. Go the second mile. And, and that's what the scripture teaches. Look at Proverbs 14, 23. All hard work brings a profit, but mere talk only leads to poverty. So, so again, it's just dreaming or, or it's just, you know, wishing upon a star or whatever. And, and I meet people sometimes. I've, I've talked to people and they'll say, you know, um, I'm not working right now. Or I'll ask them, you know, hey, where are you working? Oh, I'm not working right now, but I'm looking. And I'll say, oh, I saw a sign down here where they're hiring. And maybe you could go down there and get a job. Looks like they got a lot of jobs available. And they'll say, oh, uh, I don't know that they'll pay enough. And I think, well, how much are you getting paid now? You're not getting paid anything. Wouldn't something be better than nothing? It's just a thought, all right? Proverbs 12, 24 says it like this. Hard or work hard and become a leader. Be lazy and become a slave. Again, young people especially, you want to get promoted? You know, I've met people say, oh, I'd love to be the boss around here. Oh, I'd love to be the manager or whatever. You know how to get there? Work harder than anybody else. Give it a second mile effort. How many people here, you've ever had a bad boss? You've ever had a bad boss? Okay, now here, here's what I want to say about that. Even if you have a bad boss, it doesn't give you the right to be a slacker. Okay, as a matter of fact, it's a more powerful testimony of Jesus in your life. When you come to work and other people say, our boss is, is a mess. Our boss is terrible. Our boss is rude. Our boss is wonder. And you say, yeah, but I'm not really working for him. I'm working for the Lord. I'm really working for the Lord. Where do we get that from? Colossians chapter 3 verse 23 says, Whatever you do, work at it with all. Everybody say all. All your heart. As working for the Lord, not for human masters or bosses. See, your mindset needs to be, I'm not working for him. I'm working for him. I'm working for the Lord. I'm showing up and doing this job in spite of the circumstances, in spite of the conditions, in spite of what's going on. And when you do that, God gets even more glory with it. Yeah, he does. And, and I'll just add this little thing here. Get a side hustle. All right? Get a side hustle. Yeah, you know, I, I remember 
when Rochelle had a particular side hustle, she, she sold beauty control. I don't even know if they still exist today, but years ago, uh, it was a skincare product, and she would go do these shows, and she would go do these things and, and sell this beauty control, and she would make extra money into our household through doing that. I used to do a business thing on eBay, selling stuff. And, and I would make extra money just from selling things on eBay. And one time, I don't know if you know this or not, but your pastor used to be a landscaper and a pastor. All right? When we planted the church up by Chicago, I, I did about 20, 30 hours of landscaping work and then turned around and pastored the church speaking three times a week. And I didn't know any better. I just did it. At one point in time, I was a, a salesperson at the mall selling suits in a, in a suit store, in clo men's clothing store, J. Riggings. You don't even remember that, all right? And... Um, and I would sell, then I'd wear a suit on Sunday. Thank God I don't do that anymore. But, but back in the day, we would do that. And, and, and so here's what I want to say to somebody. Get busy. Get creative. Work hard. And God will bless you for it. Here's the second principle that the Word of God teaches is pick strategy over spontaneity. Pick strategy over spontaneity. How many have ever made a bad purchase because of an impulse? How many liars are in church today, huh? I, I mean, we get emotions going. You know, somebody says, oh, we just fell in love with that car. And I want to say, you can't fall in love with a car. You can fall in love with a person, but you can't really fall in love with a machine. But you do when you sit in it, and that's what they know. Why don't you just sit in it? Y'all, and, and here's what we have to ask when it comes to this principle. Is it part of my budget or is this just a random thing? See, maybe that $6 coffee is not something you should buy when you're already in debt. You, you, know, you, you, you didn't know this, but you can make coffee at home. You can, and, and save that money. And, and so what you have to do, and Jesus teaches this principle. Here's, here's how he talks about it. In Luke chapter 14, verse 28, here's what your Savior said. He says, suppose one of you wants to build a tower. Won't you first sit down and estimate the cost to see if you have enough money to complete it? Jesus says, 
you know, wouldn't you first wonder if I can pay for this before you start? In other words, before you swipe the card, ask yourself if I can afford it. And now you don't even have to swipe it, do you? You just kind of can touch it. Yeah, just, oh, check this out. I'm just going to touch it. I can just touch my phone. It's so cool. It's so cool how I can do that. And, and here's what happens is, is, is we do more than we need to. We need to, Jesus said, you should ask, is this in my budget? Can I really afford this? So here's the principle of this one, the application. Be a budgeter. Be a budgeter. Here's another word for budgeter is be responsible. Be a good steward of what God's given to you. Now, I want to give you two quick resources that we have available to you that you can use. RamseySolutions.com. It's Dave Ramsey. Many of you know that name. Here's what we have. We have a class. It's called Financial Peace University. It's coming up, and you can sign up for it today. And if you say, well, I can't afford the fee, don't worry about it. We'll get you a sponsor, okay? And you can take the course and you can get some help. Because most of us, when we were born, our parents didn't say, oh, he's a budgeter. You know? He's going to be so good with numbers, you know? But here's the good thing. Even if you've been lousy with it, you can get better with it. And I want to help you get better. All right? We as a church, I'm not just preaching this today. I want to help you after church is over. So sign up for it. The other thing you can do is in the lobby. We have a company called Thriven. And the reason why they're here today is because this is a company. It's a faith-based company that Rochelle and I use for some of our financial concerns in our life. And, and here's what they do. They approach it from a faith-based principle, which I appreciate. And, and so if you have needs of, of figuring out your finances, how are we going to retire? How can I get ahead in life? What, what are some things I can do? You can stop by, give your information to them. This is not a hard sell. You don't have to do that. You can pick somebody else. But I'm just telling you, we're offering that today. And if you need help, you should go get it. Don't walk past and say, I wish we could get a handle on things. Get some help. Get someone who will come alongside of you. And here's the extra bonus with using Thrivent that Rochelle and I like is we have the opportunity through Thrivent to give a thousand extra dollars a year to this church because Thrivent will sponsor our serve day and our Christmas store up to a thousand dollars per couple that's involved in their program. So we get the pleasure of giving essentially an extra $1,000 a year to our church that's not our money. It's thriving money. And I just think, what if five of us did that? What if 10 of us did that? What if 100 of us did that? It would be amazing what would happen. So those resources are available to you. Here's one other quick thing I, I saw. 
is a principle of 50, 30, 20. Now, I had seen 10, 10, 80 principle before tithe and then save, and then the other 80% is up to you. But, but 50, 30, 20, just real quick, 50 on necessities, which include tithe, housing, transportation, insurance, all those things that we don't always like to pay comes out of the 50. Then your wants come out of the 30. And then the 20 is debt elimination, savings, or investing. Here's what budgeting does. It frees you up from tough conversations, especially if you're married. Because how many know that somehow or another, in God's humor, two different people get married. One's a saver and one's a spender, <laughs> right? And it just seems to work that way. And, and so what happens is, is this, the spender says, oh, look at this. We need this now. And the saver says, put that back. And an argument ensues, right? But here's what the beauty of a budget is. Instead of looking at each other, here's what you do. You talk to the budget. And you say, budget? What should we do about this? And the budget says, put it back. <laughs> and you say, oh, that darn budget telling us no again. You know, I, I just... Oh, that's rough. See, you can live free. Listen, budgeting, for some of you, you think budgeting is bondage. No. Debt is bondage. I've been there, done that. It's bondage. Here's how the Bible puts it. Proverbs 22, 7. The rich rule over the poor, and the borrower is slave to the lender. See, you, many of you, you can't invest in your future because you're too busy paying for your past. And you don't want to be that way. They're going to pull up a picture for me, if they would, of a table. Uh, this, this table, pull that picture up, is in our house. And uh, this is in our kitchen. And uh, it's our kitchen table. And I'll just tell you a quick story about this. We've had this since I was a bachelor, since before we got married. And how we got this table and chairs is my mom, when I was getting ready to move into my first apartment, she found out that Lakeview Manor Nursing Home was getting rid of their tables, and that table was one of their tables. And so she got it for me, and that was like my first table. And it's still in our kitchen. And then the chairs were because our neighbor worked for Marat. I think it's Marat Shoes. Does anybody remember that? Marat Shoes in Indianapolis. And they were, I, th I think they were either closing a store or they were remodeling a store. And those were the chairs that they used in their store. And they're still in our house today. That's over 30 years uh, of those that table and chairs serving us. Now, I don't put that up there so you can feel sorry for us. Oh, my gosh. Isn't that terrible? They've had that furniture for over 30 years. No, that furniture was free. <laughs> and it's hard to beat 
free. And I want you to know I could go out today and buy a new table and chairs. But here's what would happen. My savings would decrease. Okay? And so I'm, I'm just not... That, that's when I think, nope. Let's go home. You know? And, and I could finance. But there's other things that I'd rather do. And no one's going to get injured sitting in any of those chairs at my house. They're not going to fall apart. They don't make them like they used to, all right? And, and I'm just saying, you make choices. But here's what happens. A budget helps you to do that. And, and so we're called to serve the Lord. And here's what Romans 13, 8 says. Let no debt remain outstanding except the continuing debt to love one another. You know, if we'd live like that, no debt, just the debt to love everybody that we meet. And I'll give you one extra bonus on this, this point. I was going to bring one of these today, but we buy these indie, what are they called, indie, indie savers? Discover Indie, that's it. Discover Indie. Discover Indie coupon books, Okay. And, and you'll see us if we're in Culver's sometime. We're, we've got our coupon, okay? Because it's like buy a burger, get a burger free. And I'm all, I'll do that every day. Free burger, sign me up. And, and so I'm not embarrassed to take a coupon in there or whatever. Listen, some of you, you need to be couponers. Some of you... If you don't need coupons, God bless you, okay? If you got more than enough money and whatever. But some of you, here's what I found out this week. Just listen to this. If you pack your lunch instead of buying it out or having it driven to your business by somebody who doesn't even work at the restaurant, they just drive around taking people food all day. And make money for it. If you would pack your lunch, it's estimated you'd save $1,200 a year. Could anybody here use an extra $1,200? Maybe you need to cancel your fancy coffees. Maybe you need to order your groceries online. Because when you go to the grocery, you buy three or four times as much as what you said you were going to go buy. But you get tempted in every aisle. Oh, that looks good. Let's get one of those. And we got five of them on the shelf at home. But, you know, you can always use an extra one. And so what you need to do is just... Buy your groceries online and go pick them up so you're not tempted. Others of you, you need to get cheaper or less expensive or even free hobbies. Because the hobby you have costs a lot. And others of you, you got your kids in all these different sports. And, and, and you can't afford it hardly. You, let me tell you something. You're not abusing your children if they're just in one sport. I want to set you free from that today. That, 
condemnation, guilt. Share karma. Eat the early bird. Sure, you're going to be there with a bunch of older people maybe. But hey, you're saving money. All right, let's go on. Here's the next one. Pick generosity over greed. That's what the scripture teaches. And you know why? Because this is the heart of God. Jesus said, you know who he is? He's a father. He's a father. He's a loving father. And he cares so much for you. Tomorrow on Facebook at at 9 a.m., I'm going to teach about this in Matthew chapter 6, what Jesus has to say about your loving father. But just real quickly, the last time you had more than you needed, did you ask, what is the more for? If you didn't, maybe that's why God can't trust you with more. Just a thought. Because God's after our heart. See, God's not against you having nice stuff. He's against nice stuff having you. And so Proverbs chapter 11, verse 10 says, When the righteous prosper, the city rejoices. When the wicked perish, there are shouts of joy. Through the blessing of the upright, a city is exalted. But by the mouth of the wicked, it is destroyed. Here's here's the thing. And and this is just the principle today of this one is be a blessing. Turn to the person next to you. Say, be a blessing. Just be a blessing. How How many think in America we could use some more blessers? Not people who will curse, but people who will bless. If, if we had more blessers, it, it would be amazing. I mean, when we get ready for this Christmas store coming up, and instead of saying, well, I, gotta, I got a lot of bills and everything. Well, what about the family who can't get a job? What about the family who's struggling? What about the family who, who, who they just, they, they've had a health situation in their home and, and, and they're struggling and maybe they got health bills that are accumulating and, and they're just faced with maybe we're not going to have Christmas this year and the church comes along and says, hold on a minute, we'll take care of Christmas for you, we'll bless you, it's not going to be a downer Christmas, maybe we can't pay all your bills but we can give you a good Christmas and and let your kids be blessed. Amen? I believe that's something that we can do as a church family. See, this church is blessed because we're generous. Matter of fact, I've had people say to me, I can't believe this church is so generous. I have never, I've had people say, I've never been a part of a church that's this generous. That blesses people across the street and across the world. But we're blessed as a result. As a matter of fact, 2 Corinthians chapter 9, verse 11 says, you'll be enriched in every way 
so you can be generous on every occasion that through your generosity, it'll result in thanksgiving to God. See, the, the, the community will be blessed. I love it that when there was, a, there was a situation in the school system and they were saying, how are we gonna do this and what are we gonna do? You know what somebody said? We should call Crossroads Church. That's what the school system said. Somebody said, we should call Crossroads Church because I bet they'll help. And you know what? We did because of your generosity, because you give to this church. I love being the church that people in this community say, if there's a need, I'll tell you what church we ought to call. I'll tell you who we ought to reach out to. We ought to reach out to Crossroads Church because here's what the scripture says. When we're blessed, it's not just for us. It's so that we can bless a city, so that we can bless more people. Ask yourself, what is the more for? The next time you get a bonus, next time you get a raise, the next time that you get extra, what's the more for? What would God have you to do? I believe that as a Christian, it's to bless a city. And here's what Jesus says in Matthew 6. And again, I'm going to talk about this in detail tomorrow on Facebook through our Crossroads Facebook page. But here's what Jesus said. You can read it for yourself in Matthew chapter 6. He said, you know what? You know what those worldly people do? You know what those people do who aren't Christians, those people who aren't, that God's not their father? He says, I'll tell you what they do. They worry. They worry about what are we going to eat? What are we going to do about clothes? How are we going to wear designer clothes? How are we going to wear new clothes? How, what are we going to Where are we going to live? He says they're worried about that kind of stuff. But he says, I'll tell you what the believers do. They say, you know what? I have a father. I said, I have a father who watches over me who watches every step I make. And Jesus said, here's what he does. He knows what you need even before you need it. And he'll meet every need of your life. As a matter of fact, in Matthew 6, he said, if you'll seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness all these things will be added. I'll take care of your food. I'll take care of your clothes. I'll take care of every need of your life. In other words, you don't have to be stressed out about money. How many believe that's a good word today? That God, if, if we'll do this. So here's the thing. Is, is we got to do like Martin Luther said. We got to give him our purse. Because here, here's what's interesting I, I find with some Christian people is I can trust God to take away my sin, write my name down in an invisible book, and when I die, it's gonna take me into heaven. But I can't trust him with this. I just think that's odd. How can you trust him 
with all of your eternity, with your sins and everything. How can you do that, but then not trust him with this? I think if we'll trust him with this, it'll alleviate a lot of the stress in our lives. How many believe that? That if we'd let go of this and we'd let him be Lord of our lives and say, Lord, you're, you're not just Lord of heaven. You're not just Lord of eternity, but you're Lord of everything. And if, and if you want me to have some new clothes, you've got ways to bring it into my life. And if I need a roof over my head, you have ways to make that happen. Now, again, we got to apply the principles. We got to do the work. We got to make the effort. But if we'll offer this to God today, I believe a lot of our stress will be eliminated. Let's pray. Father, for some of us today, there's a word from the Holy Spirit to us. And maybe that word is we need to get to work. We need to get more, more effort, more ideas, put them into practice, work harder, go the second mile and see what you'll do and how you'll promote us and things that'll happen in our lives. For others of us, we need to get a strategy, and so maybe we need to stop by the table today before we leave and get some help. Maybe we need to sign up for financial peace and figure out how to have a budget and live on a budget so that we're not emotional spenders. And for others of us, God, we need to answer the question, what is the more for? We need to be more generous. So God, help us today. Maybe you're here this morning and you say, Craig, I want God to know that I surrender all to him, everything to him, everything of my life, every part of me, including my wallet, everything. I just surrender it all afresh and anew to him. I surrender all to my blessed Savior once again today. How many join me in that prayer? You'd raise a hand and say, yes, I'm surrendering everything to him all over again, fresh and new. Father, we just thank you that you're a good God, that you're a heavenly father, and you care about us, and you care about our every need. And so God, help us instead of complaining to take it to you and to say, God, Give me the ideas I need. Give me the avenue that I need to take. Where should I put my resume in? What should I do this week that would help me to succeed in life in a better way? God, I believe through the power of your Holy Spirit, you can help us and you can prosper us and you can make a way where there seems to be no way. And so, God, today we just surrender all to you once again. And we say, God, I want to be a blesser. I want to be a, in a country of takers, we want to be blessers and bless those around us. 
while we're still praying, there may be others of you that the scripture teaches we're in debt to God. That we have a sin problem in our lives. That all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. We've all missed the mark, the Bible teaches. But the good news is, is that Jesus has come that we might have life to the full. That Jesus was the sacrifice for our sin. As a matter of fact, the scripture records that on the cross, Jesus literally said, it's finished. Which means it's paid for. Your debt to God has been paid by Jesus. And if you'd like to receive the forgiveness of God through the sacrifice of Jesus that was paid for on the cross for you, all you have to do is accept it by faith, the Bible says. If you'll believe in your heart and confess with your mouth, the scripture teaches that you can be saved that you can have your sins forgiven and your name written down in heaven's book. And if you'd like that to happen here today, would you just raise your hand and say, yeah, I want to take God up on that offer to free me of my eternal debt, to wash away my past. Yeah, just raise it up. And while you're doing that here online, you can just type the word decided in the chat, the word decided, and we'll be praying for you as well. As a matter of fact, I want everyone to pray this prayer so those around you will pray it with boldness that need to. Just say it this after me. Dear Heavenly Father, thank you for sending Jesus to die on the cross for me, to pay my debt for me so that I can be free. As of today, I receive Jesus as my Lord and Savior, as payment for my sin. And I believe that by faith in you, I have an eternal home. So as much as I know how, I surrender all to you. Fill me with your spirit to give me power to live each day. In Jesus' name, amen. Come on, let's celebrate those who prayed that prayer, made that confession. Listen, there are next steps that you can take. And you can take next steps right from where you are. You can just text those words there on the screen. A couple of weeks ago, we had about 22 people who were baptized in water as a next step. If that's your next step, someone would be glad to even talk to you personally today across the hall in the next steps room or about whatever next step you need to take. I'm gonna ask our prayer partners to come and to pray with you here at the end of the service. Let's all stand to our feet as we get ready to sing one more worship song. And as we're singing it, if you need prayer for any reason, if you just need somebody to agree with you today, believe God over you today, these folks would love to pray with you and to pray for you. Let's pray. Father, thanks for this opportunity to be in your house today. We look forward to what else you're going to help us to understand and help us to apply to our lives. Help us to apply this, this message today. Maybe we need to stop by in the lobby before we leave. 
Maybe we need to sign up for something. Maybe we need to take a next step. But God, whatever that is, just help us to put it into practice so that other people will see you in our lives, in the way we work, in the way that we live our lives, that they'll be drawn to you. Holy Spirit, draw every person who needs prayer down here to the front to have prayer over their need. And we thank you for it in Jesus' name.